to the Big Finish sales event going on now at Bettenhausen Jeep on 159th Street in Tinley Park. Bettenhausen has hundreds of new Jeeps to choose from, including the all-new 2022 Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. Your best Jeep buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCDJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. 100.3 HD2. And the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. No PB on the point for the power play today. I'm Jeff Meller filling in in the all-star weekend edition of the hockey show. So much for the lighthearted version I had intended on doing, Brian Hanley. Uh, I'm standing in the middle of Lake Bellagio shooting pucks right now. That's uh, try- it's, it's part, yeah, it's part of the skills competition. Can you hear me? I'm true. underwater. Trying to put together uh, 21 to win the uh, accuracy shootout. That was actually something I do want to touch on because I found it thoroughly entertaining. Vegas knows how to put on a show, and that was something to watch and consume and have fun with last night. And, of course, we've got the All-Star game this afternoon in Vegas. But, of course, the Blackhawks, while the hockey on the ice has been woeful, As we mm-hmm. head into the break here, they have they only won one of their final eight, uh, amassing only four points in those final eight games as they hit the break. Everything obviously is set to the side because Rocky Wirtz met with the media and fans at a town hall meeting on Wednesday night. And with his son, Danny Wirtz, and uh, president of ho- hockey operations, Jamie Faulkner, also alongside him, he was, of course, pressed on audio. Probably most of our listeners have already heard. But in case you missed it, Mark Lazarus of The Athletic asked Rocky Wirtz about what is happening. And this exchange unfolded. I think much of what happened to Kyle Beach stemmed from a, a power imbalance between a coach and a player and the powerlessness of a player in that situation. So what are the Blackhawks doing? What have the Blackhawks done? What will the Blackhawks do to empower a player in a similar situation to make sure that doesn't happen again? I'm going to answer the question at the end. I think the report speaks for itself. The people that were involved are no longer here. We're not looking back at 2010. We're looking forward. And we're not going to talk about 2010. I I know, and I'm not either. And we're not going to talk about what happened. We're moving forward. That is my answer. Now, what's your next question? I can pick up to what we are doing today. No, I don't know. That's none of your business. That's none of your business. What we're going to do today is our business. I don't think it's any of your business. Because I don't think it's any of your business. You don't work for the company. If someone in the company asks that question, we'll answer it. And I think you should get on to the next subject. We're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. Now we're moving on. What more do I have to say? You want to keep asking the same question? You hear the same answer? Okay, ask the next question. An absolutely woeful display beyond, uh, I mean, Brian. The response Rocky Words gave there initially, too, he said, we're not looking back at 2010. Had he simply listened to Mark Lazarus's question from the outset, he probably would have recognized and realized, as Mark has pointed out, it was essentially a softball, giving the panel there representing the Blackhawks an opportunity 
to explain how the organization will be different going forward when it comes to sexual assault. And he, were, he botched it beyond belief, Brian. Well, and look, uh, there's so many layers to this onion. Um, they're great with written words. And they put a letter out to the Blackhawks community, um, you know, before the season started as the Kyle Beach stuff came to the head and the general block report was made public um, talking about transparency and change in culture and how they're going to improve and learn from the mistakes and all that. And then you hear that. And it, if you watch that and hear that, that's very difficult to believe that that's not sincerely how Rocky Words feels about all this. Now, it also comes on a week where we find out an, uh, another attorney is in going, you know, has the intent of filing three more lawsuits against the Blackhawks for uh, alleged victims of uh, Brad Aldridge, mm-hmm. the video coach. So I don't know if that was also a trigger point for Rocky that that now he's back dealing with lawsuits that he, you know, he just wrote checks for and settled with Kyle Beach. Um, and it's also, if he just let Danny Wirtz answer the question, that's who the question was directed to, uh, the CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny tried to interject in the middle of that, as you heard, and said, well, I can talk about what we're doing moving forward. And he said, no, no, it's none of your business. If you work for the company, maybe we'd answer that way. And then, we're going to talk to Phil Thompson from the Chicago Tribune. He followed up basically about the same thing that, you know, it's supposed to be a, a new day and a new dawn for the Blackhawks organization. And he immediately was shot down and told to move on. And I, I also don't know if Rocky Wirtz, who still hasn't publicly been asked or and certainly hasn't publicly answered whether he knew at the time or shortly thereafter the 2010 events and the meeting with uh, John McDonough and Stan Bowman and some other front office people that when they came to that ill-fated decision to keep that Kyle Beach allegation quiet because they didn't want to disrupt what was an ongoing Stanley Cup successful campaign, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the general block report basically said they couldn't find any evidence that, that Rocky Wirtz was aware or was involved in those decisions. But I don't know if he was afraid of he allowed even that benign question, there would be follow-up questions because this was the first time Rocky Wirtz was meeting media. If someone would directly ask him, Rocky, you know, on the record, Rocky, when did you know about the Kyle Beach allegation? Were you aware of that decision in that meeting? Um, Maybe he didn't want to go down that road because this was the first time he was made available since all this transpired. Whether he wanted to or not, when they chose to go ahead and do the town hall, he should have been more than aware. And I'm sure he was prepped. I'm sure that's so. possibly why Danny Wirtz was set to take that question. And yet Rocky felt the need to go ahead and give you that outburst. And for me, they can anybody can say something's independent, right? The independent yeah. Jenner and Block report, which was of course, funded by the Blackhawks organization to go ahead and look deeply into the problems that were going on in 2010 and after that has absolved Rocky Wirtz knowing of the situation. And so certainly it seems like there would be no paper trail to implicate him. Nevertheless, everybody else who was implicated has been removed from the organization. And Rocky Wirtz, it's not as simple as just removing him from the organization at this point as the owner of the team, and no doubt he doesn't want that. Nevertheless, when you listen to him in that outburst right there, the again, I was always skeptical in the first place, the idea of an independent investigation there funded by the Blackhawks. But 
willing to give them the second chance and moving forward based on what we heard from people who were in power. And at this point, I'm sorry, what Rocky Wirtz showed and displayed on Wednesday night, all it did was it heightened my scrutiny of that report and his knowledge of the situation because clearly, Brian, after what he said, he still doesn't grasp the gravity of what happened. Sure, you don't want to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. It's far worse for Kyle Beach and John Doe's in that report who had to deal with what Brad Aldrich was doing in your organization. So I'm sorry if it makes you uncomfortable as the organization. But if you'd like to continue to win back your fans, who, by the way, the product on the ice right now is not making that any easier each day and each night when they go out and lose game after game with no real direction right now, you're not helping things with outbursts like what we saw on Wednesday night. And, and by the way, uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman and mm-hmm. Kim Davis, who's now in charge of making sure teams have uh, implemented or will implement programs to help uh, abuse victims or people, players, staff members to come forward if they feel like they they have uh, have been abused. Uh, he was quick to point out that they were quick to point out Sheldon Kennedy, who was yes. – uh, a, a sexual abuse victim in hockey um, who now runs an organization that is called Respect Hockey. And, and the NHL is partnered with to help um, teams figure out, you know, how to implement these programs and, and how it will help. He immediately tweeted out uh, after watching that outburst, the emotional outburst that Gary Bettman uh, basically excused and dismissed from Rocky Words. This is Shel- Sheldon Kennedy tweet out, this type of behavior is exactly, exactly all caps, mm-hmm. how people get hurt. The whole panel, including his CEO son, parenthetically, who I believe had some good answers to the question, in parentheses, were frozen in fear to speak up. This is the exact behavior that needs changing, period, all caps. You saw it. Yep. I mean, Danny couldn't even settle Rocky Words down. And again, I don't know if it's Rocky Wirtz is done writing checks and is still infuriated, infuriated because of, of the fallout. I don't know. I can't, unlike Gary Bettman, by the way, who called it an emotional moment and an emotional outburst. And he had, you know, if the if a coach after a game has an emotional moment and rips the referees or rips the league or a player does, he's fined. He's sanctioned. He hears from the league, right? Of course, we know the commissioners work for the owners and he, uh, Gary Bettman was asked directly uh, whether he intends to sanction the Blackhawks. Now, he fined them $2 million after the Jenner and Block report. And a lot of people thought that was getting off easy. Um, and he said no. You know, He's talked to Rocky Wirtz, and he said, unfortunately, Rocky Wirtz's outburst um, really hurt the idea and the message that the team is doing behind the scenes, doing exactly what they need to do and maybe are, are among the you know, in the forefront of the NHL teams trying to to put mental support uh, systems in and mental support departments and trying to do the work as Gary Bettman said but whatever um, Rocky Wirtz you know he, he had the written apology which of course he didn't write in yeah, my that, in my view but yeah, no I, I do you mentioned that and I, that was absolutely my thought we had the oppor- Rocky Wirtz had every opportunity to say what he wanted to say publicly when Absolutely. you botched as poorly as he did. And we haven't even played the chunk with Phil Thompson, who will be joining us at 1035 later today. We'll play that as well. The TNT crew having to go on during intermission during a, the, the, you know, 
a showcase game in some ways for the Hawks. You're on oh. your brand new broadcast partners national hockey night on Wednesday night. And as the Hawks are, you know, playing poorly yet again against the Wild on national television, the intermission, the TNT crew is forced to address it because it went so off the rails with Rocky Wirtz. There's plenty more to talk about. Brian also mentioned Gary Bettman. We'll let you hear from him. I do have the comments from the TNT crew. And, of course, the follow-up exchange from the Chicago Tribune's Phil Thompson. Yes. I I have a history with both Bill Wirtz and Rocky Wirtz. And they're on polar opposites of the spectrum. And I will share the background and, and, you know, how I first became aware of Rocky Wirtz and, of course, my dealings for years with Bill Wirtz. And we can do that before we get out of here. Top Beautiful. Of let's uh, let's uh, all that sound come. And Brian enlightens us on the difference in Hawks ownership over the last few years and his dealings with them as he's covered the Hawks for a long, long time this season. City. I'm Jeff Meller in for Pat Boyle today, along with Brian Hanley. This is the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to the Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. No Patty Boyle this week as he took a little hiatus, tried to take advantage of the All-Star weekend, and uh, unfortunately for PB... Uh, tough week in regards of content, Brian, because uh, this is probably going to be the most listened to hockey show all season, unless the bull, uh, Bulls, unless the Hawks come off with a huge run down the stretch here. I think the interest in the team right now is at, I'm not going to say an all-time low, because I know you covered some of the worst of the worst. I believe it's been referred as the dark ages yes, uh, yes. of the Blackhawks franchise, when we would sit in the press box and and be able to count the number of people in the seats and do it accurately. Yes, and that uh, so there's certainly some uh, brief moments of lights light right now, but it is uh, not not good right now on the ice for the Hawks these days. With very little encouraging things moving forward with the Seth Jones deal, uh, you know, relinquishing them of in all likelihood their first round pick this year. So it's bad times on the ice for the Hawks, but also off the ice on Wednesday night as we saw Rocky Wirtz have the exchange, which prompted. As we mentioned in the first segment, your brand new broadcast partner in TNT, it put them in a situation where they had no choice but to address Rocky Wirtz's outburst. And in intermission of the game between the Hawks and the Wild, you had Liam McHugh, Anson Carter, Rick Tockett, and the greatest player in the history of your sport, the great one, Wayne Gretzky, on a panel where they were forced to play Rocky Wirtz's comments, which we played for you in the first segment, and then address them. And this is how that sounded on TNT on Wednesday night. I mean, it's stunning, uh, and it's beyond disappointing to sit there and say in a matter of this series that you're done with it, we're not talking about it anymore, that's it, we're moving on, and we don't have to share this information. I would have liked to have heard what their plan is. And you saw Danny try to jump in there, and we were talking off camera about this. I wish Danny would have jumped in and... You know, protected his dad and said, hey, dad, I got this. I'm now the new CEO. I'm the guy leading this operation going forward. I'd like to hear from him and, and hear exactly what him and Jamie Faulkner, their president of business operation, would have to say. He obviously came in, like we talked about, Gretz off camera, too, and talked, that he had a bone to pick with that writer going in. So it didn't matter what he said. The writer could have came in and said, hey, guess what? Talk, you got a great jacket on. Yeah. He would still have that same reaction. 
you make mistakes, what do you do? You talk about them, and then you do things about it. Like, you can't hide it. And, and I'm a coach. You know, I used to be a coach. Like, I want to know maybe there's ways of, hey, what would I do different? Or as an assistant coach, if these things happen, that's what you want to hear. Is there protocols to do it? So, yeah, I, I don't know if uh, Rocky, I, I think he just, he was upset about something else, and he just kept going. Um I would love to send Danny to have, this is what we're doing. I think yes. that would have been the positive spin. It's a little disappointed how that went down. And I would think, you know, as a player, you know, if you're impartial, you're not a Blackhawks player, but you're watching this. I mean, you want a team that's willing to share that information yeah. and talk about this. Listen, from every point of view, this is just a horrible scenario, horrible situation, what happened to that young man. But I'm sitting here thinking, that as a parent, you're sitting there going, my son's 18 years old. He's going to maybe be drafted by that team. I, I want to make sure. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. they do have things in place that are going to protect those kids moving forward. But obviously, as you said, Ace, uh, there was some uh, illness between the two before that meeting, meeting even started. But, I mean, yeah, the bottom line is, first off, I'd like to point out, it's a town hall setting. <laughs> The idea yeah. is to share this information with fans and people in the organization, people outside the organization. If you have a plan in place like that where you can empower players to make sure this doesn't happen, it just boggles my mind. It boggles everyone's mind, does it not, Brian? By the way, there I believe they're 0 for 3 in town hall meetings. Uh, I covered the first disaster back, I believe it was in 2000, Mike North, the great Mike North, was the MC Alpo Suhonen was there uh, after they fed fans were invited as season ticket holders were invited to the United Center and had a nice spread of, of concession food that was all top notch I think Chef Hans put on a great spread and, and after everyone right. was fed it went quickly downhill because it was the dark ages the questions came fast and furious and the answers were lacking Brian, and so the, Brian the I, fo- I I actually attended that town hall oh, meeting please. as a fan. Yeah. I was, you, you mentioned it, 2000. I was a freshman in, maybe sophomore in college. Wow. So a friend of mine, uh, Mark Drone, and I decided we were going to go. We wanted some answers. And so we attended that one. And you talk about sparsely attended. That would, you know, there were probably 50 fans in attendance in, along with the rest of the media. It was, yes, I remember that one was bad. What? But the and then the year, the year following, it was uh, internet only because mm-hmm. they didn't mm-hmm. want to have the face to face shouting that uh, ensued. And then even though this was, quote-unquote, a town hall setting, um, fans' questions were submitted and read by the great Edzo, um, and the media were allowed to ask questions, and that's when it went off the rails here. So I'm going to guess town hall meetings uh, pretty much have ended uh, for the Blackhawks moving forward. Yeah, that would probably not be a bad idea. But nevertheless, again, getting back to the crux of all of this, Rocky Wirtz, the chairperson here, I think he's, I don't know, what the Hawks' plans will be moving forward. We know that based on what he said, he still is, and maybe it is the pet fact of pending litigation uh, got to him. Nevertheless, I don't think it's too much to ask that the top person in your organization show a little empathy for what occurred within his own organization. And so maybe he's not directly responsible, but his underlings who are now gone, were. And maybe show a little compassion for Kyle Beach, who has to live with this for the rest of his life, and the other John Doe's in the report. You know, it's not that hard. It really wasn't. And so to hear him come off and become aggressive and defiant to Mark Lazarus and then Phil Thompson was absolutely disgusting. And then to try and backtrack and have 
your people then write up a statement and an apology wasn't I'm sorry, that doesn't do it for me. And for someone who has rooted for this organization for a long time, I find it very difficult now to watch what they do and divorce it from what has occurred, especially because Rocky Wirtz is showing you right now that he doesn't understand the gravity of the situation, what occurred back in 2010. And, and of course, you 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 know, add into the fact that as you we talked about top of the show, the team is now in, in free fall again. And you know, Derek King had them playing plus five hundred hockey and competing most nights. Um, and and now he's talking about after the break being tougher on the team and and maybe he's been too easy on these guys because the same lapses, mental lapses, bad starts, uh, you know, lack of full sixty minute effort is starting to rear its ugly head again as it did under Jeremy Colleton. But so you have the bad product and you have this meltdown and, you know, lead store Twitter poll questions today. Um, where are you as a Hawks fan? Uh, always now and forever would be a uh, shaken and stirred would be B. And uh, your third choice would be wouldn't take free tickets. Um, and also, if you're a GM candidate and, and they yep. are aggressively going to hire a GM, this was a plan before the town hall meeting before the trade deadline. So uh, they were going to get, you know, at the beginning of the week, I was celebrating the fact that, you know, Patrick Sharp, Eddie Olchek, uh, Marion Hosa were part of an advisory committee yep. to and, and along with their, their sports metrics guys to, to go out and get the best candidate. Do you believe if you were a GM candidate, would you still want to interview with the Hawks? Uh, that's a Twitter poll. It, yes or no? No, it's a great question. And I know I saw I don't have it in front of me, but Kevin Weeks, I know tweeted out a response after Rocky Wirtz outburst on Wednesday night. That led me to believe that this is something that might discourage him moving forward. We did get the news yesterday that the Blackhawks have interviewed Kyle Davidson and Eric Tolsky for the GM job. I would also assume that some others are to come in the near future. But Mark Lazarus was on with Waddle and Sylvie on Thursday because, of course, his question led to Rocky Wirtz going on the offensive there. And Laz was asked by Waddle and Sylvie, about the potential for future players and GMs and how they'll react to this, and this was his response. It's unbelievable. What if you're a, a draft pick? Um, and are, are you, are you going to want to go to the Blackhawks when they can't promise to protect their players, free agents? You know, the GM that wants. I, I this is. I heard from three different people who have been angling for the uh, GM or the president job, the president job that doesn't exist, but that were interested in, in, in leading the Blackhawks. And they all said, "I don't want to work for that team anymore." Wow. And now maybe they were long shots. Maybe they didn't have a chance anyway. But like. There are people that like like who wants to work under that like and it, again it's such a shame because I think that Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner have this team headed in the right direction the franchise headed in the right direction they want to do the right thing but who's going to buy any of it now because at the top of it we know who's in charge the way he slapped down Danny there was just unforgivable it was awful any, and it just undermines them completely so right. as, from every aspect as a fan as a prospective free agent as a draft pick as a potential GM who wants to work there right now. All the goodwill that Rocky Wirtz was able to create because of the Blackhawks runs, the cup runs in the early 2000s into the mid 2000s, Brian, you know, for me, a lot of it's come undone here. And if in the future we learn that Rocky Wirtz is stepping aside and will no longer be the head of the organization, maybe I personally can look at them a little bit differently, but without another public addressing where he shows some contrition for what happened in this organization. I have a hard time believing that anything has really changed in regards to how things are happening when he's at the top. 
based on what I saw Wednesday night. Well, look, Jeff, uh, we, we all saw how Rocky was applauded and celebrated for Stanley Cup championship number one. And then, of course, the next two. And he was a rock star in the city. And people who were desperate for the Hawks to be relevant again, you know, wanted to shake his hand, get his autograph. And it was all wonderful. I will rewind uh, all 10 years previous to that. Peter Wirtz used to be the, the Wirtz son that shared that actually had an office at the United Center down the hall from from Bill, dad. And I think most people assumed Peter Wirtz was going to be the son who was the face of the organization once Bill Wirtz either gave up uh, an active role in that. And, and once he died, um, you know, I actually had a conversation with Peter Wirtz in his office one time talking about basically succession plan or whatever. And he said to me at the time, it's getting very difficult for a family to own a sports team. It's much more complicated and the money involved and everything else. It almost sounded like once Bill Wirtz uh, moved on, they would consider selling the Blackhawks. Well, then one of the firing uh, press conferences, I think it might have been Bill Murray being fired as GM, but we had one of every six months during that time, a coach or GM was being fired or hired. Mm -hmm. So then... All of a sudden, the door opens to the, the room where they were having the press conference, and in walks Rocky Wirtz. And he stands up at the podium. First time I'd ever seen Rocky Wirtz, heard him speak, and he says, it's the fish stinks from the head down. We're not going to take – we're going to start taking responsibility for what's been put out there, me and the hockey product. It's like the chef uh, having to eat your own food. The old saying is the fish stinks from the head down. Mm -hmm. It was such a refreshing, you know, after years of Bob Pulford just wanting to get in the playoffs, 27 consecutive seasons of selling playoff tickets, but really no intention of winning a Stanley Cup. It was so refreshing to hear a guy just come out there and say, we own this and things will change. And then to see him so shortly after his dad died, make those changes in a few years, you know, within two, three years, they won their Stanley Cup. Rocky, I wrote this column celebrating Rocky Wirtz in 2000, just about the attitude and he wrote me a letter saying, basically, you know, hold me to this and, and watch what I do, um, which was in quite a contrast to getting a letter from Bill Wirtz a few uh, years previous, tired of me writing columns about how bad everything was and telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. And they know that, you know, the the uh, Blackhawks brain trust has got this. And then he tried to get me fired from the Sun-Times and threatened to take all his classified advertising for Wirtz Realty out of the paper if I didn't get fired. But mm -hmm. thankfully, my sports editor, Bill Eighty, had a backbone. Yeah. So, you know, they're used to bullying people back in the day. That's how Bill Wirtz got things done. Rocky was a breath of fresh air and actually followed through on what he had promised back in 2000 once he was given an opportunity. It's unfortunate that um, that lineage, though, reared its ugly head again yep. on Wednesday night. You mentioned the bullying. Mark Lazarus wasn't the only one on the end of the attempted bullying. Phil Thompson of the Chicago Tribune also got his share We'll let you hear that, and Phil Thompson will join us next on The Hockey Show. The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, on the FM 100.3 HD2, and on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. ESPN 
Pat boils off this weekend due to the All-Star Game. I'm Jeff Meller sitting in along with Brian Hanley, of course, addressing Rocky Wirt's outburst with the media at the Hawks Town Hall this past Wednesday night. We played for you earlier the exchange with Mark Lazarus. I commend Phil Thompson of the Chicago Tribune for staying on the topic after Rocky Wirt's, let's call it um, the... Uh, evasiveness and bullying with Lazarus. Phil Thompson decided to follow up, and this is the exchange with him. Uh, you guys talked about a change in culture and transparency and demonstrating the, the, the new culture and values um, that are going to protect players and protect the organization uh, in the future. And it seems like the, the second that we asked a question about that, um, it, it, it's met with resistance. So I'm going to ask it again. I answered it. No, I don't. I, I answered it, and I told you to get off the subject. You didn't I'm not tell gonna, me We're not going to bring up the report. No, you I'm, read I, it. We're not and, asking and, about the report. We're I know asking you're talking about, about what the, what the what report the new... was talking about, and I told you we're we're moving on. Now, I don't like these. The I, I think you're out of line to ask this future. line of questions. Why don't you ask about something else? Why don't you ask about the GM okay, search? I will ask Why don't you about, do something else? Okay, I Why will do you ask bring about up old, old business? Some of the, some of the uh, season ticket holders that I've talked to said that um, they're having trouble maintaining value on their resale because, you know, a lot of people. Is that paying, a fact? Are you, are you, I, I didn't realize my... you're in our ticket part department. Okay. What come I'm on. saying is, Why, come on. Could, let's if, talk about all the negative stuff. When I talk about your negative. paper and, how, People, and, what, and what the sports page looks dedicated. like, should I do that? I would really like to know what Rocky Wirt's idea of questions that were legitimate that could have been asked on Wednesday night because both questions were fair, and at no point did Rocky Wirt seem to want to discuss anything that occurred in 2010. And again, easy issues. He was given every opportunity there to lay out plans going forward. I think actually easy things to do publicly and as the chairperson there he failed miserably and you know it's bad when the commissioner of your sport during the showcase event for the league needs to clean up your mess not just publicly in a press conference setting but then also needs to go out of his way to call the two reporters who were on the other end of those exchanges he made a call to Mark Lazarus and Phil Thompson to try and clean up Rocky Wirtz's mess. And we are now afforded the opportunity to speak with Phil Thompson of the Chicago Tribune, who did talk to Gary Bettman yesterday in a phone call. And also, I would encourage anybody out there to go ahead and read Phil Thompson's piece in the Chicago Tribune. It's there for you. The entire transcript is available. And in my opinion, Phil, as we bring you in here on the hockey show, nothing Gary Bettman said surprised me. And, in fact, I would say that was very disappointing, too, coming from the commissioner because he went out of his way to obfuscate the subject and basically turn it around saying the Hawks are moving forward. What were your thoughts on your conversation with Rocky Wirtz and Gary Bettman in the last couple of days? Well, thank you for having me on, first of all. Uh, there, I want to start with Bettman um, first because there are a couple of things that stood out to me. Uh, the first thing was that Bettman said a, a couple of times, he made allusion to the words. Uh, forget the words. The words don't matter as much as the actions. And to me, I mean, you're in radio. I mean, you, you know the weight of words. I'm in print. I know the weight of words. So to me, the words matter just as much as the actions. So uh, I had an issue with that. And then another thing that struck me from my interview with uh, Gary Bettman was that he said um, 
you know, when you consider all of the trauma that the organization has been through, it's amazing uh, the the actions that they're taking. And I'm thinking their trauma. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I I know Batman has a job. He you know he has to protect the brand, and protecting the brand means protecting the member organizations. But I think there was a certain amount of tone deafness to to his commentary as well. And then with Wurtz, uh, you know, I, I should know that, you know, he later apologized publicly and privately to both me and Mark. But uh, I, I think, you know, his wasn't just an emotional outburst because he had a moment. And, and my thinking was he had a moment to take a beat, calm down, reconsider, uh, if presented with the question again, uh, and understand that it was a forward-looking question. But you know, as you saw, he, he didn't do that. So to me, this was him speaking from his heart. And uh, that's exactly what I felt when I was watching that, Phil. And I know that he issued a written, again, the the power of words. They're very good with the written words. They say the right things when they have a chance to, to structure it the way they want, whether it was the letter to Blackhawks community uh, when the report came out or the, the apology that came supposedly from Rocky after this exchange. Um but my understanding initially was Danny Wirtz came up to you and apologized. Did Rocky actually come up and apologize? No, uh, Rocky left the stage and, uh, you know, he, he talked to uh, a couple of people. Um, um, I don't know if they were season ticket holders or partners or both. You know, I think he shook a couple of hands on the stage and then exited through this little side door uh, that was in the concert club. Uh, Danny came off the stage. He came over and talked to me and said that, um, the, you know, he wanted to talk more about uh, some of the initiatives that they were doing. Uh, you know, he had no issues with the line of questioning. Uh, he says, we definitely will follow up. We will have our conversation. And then he went over to talk to Mark and then some of the other reporters as well. Talking with Phil Thompson of the Chicago Tribune who obviously was in the midst of Rocky Wirt's outburst on Wednesday night. He had a conversation with Gary Bettman yesterday as the NHL in their one of their showcase events, the All-Star Weekend, had to address Rocky Wirtz's issues because clearly it was a PR disaster on every level. And I, I think you hit at it, Phil, earlier. The words matter. And let's be honest. You can say things. You don't have to believe them. You can give lip service to it, and it's not that difficult. But it's all the more alarming for me when I hear Rocky Wirtz say what he said and fail to understand the gravity of the situation, what Kyle Beach and the other John Doe's in the Jenner and Block report went through. And to hear Rocky Wirtz come off like that and just say, that's in our, basically, that's in our past. We're not going to talk about it anymore. We're moving forward. Sheldon Kennedy, Brian brought up on Twitter, um, who's done a lot of Great work trying to advocate for those who have been victims of sexual abuse. <laughs> Sheldon Kennedy came out and talked about how that exactly is the type of mentality from the top down that creates situations that makes it impossible for those who are dealing with situations like this to speak out. And so for me, oh. when all you need to do, Phil, is to go out and just say the right things, you may not believe them, but when all you have to do is say it and you fail at that, that for me is extremely alarming. Oh, it is. And you hit the nail perfectly on the head. It creates a chilling effect. And this is something that I try to impress to, to Gary Batman is that when you talk about 
the power gap between a coach and a player, especially a coach and a prospect. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. When you have the head of an original six franchise, someone as powerful as Rocky Wirtz, respond in such an angrier tone and say those words that he said about, we're not going to talk about these things in hockey culture. We're not going to talk about these things uh, in terms of accountability with the Chicago Blackhawks. What do you think that says to an 18 or 19 year old or even a 20 or 21 year old who's just starting out in hockey and trying to become an NHLer? I mean, that, that's, that's a chilling effect. You know, uh, Phil, it also begs the question, how much autonomy and authority does Danny Wirtz have as CEO? Because you saw him shut shut down. I got, you know, no, no, it's no one's business. It, we want to believe that both he and Jamie Faulkner are more than capable of leading this team forward and, and getting this whole organization back to being a great hockey team on the ice and also doing the right things off the ice. But, it, I mean, when you see that, ultimately you wonder because they're talking about advisory boards and people are celebrating. I, I, I was a part of that celebrating the fact that, you know, Marion Hosa and Eddie Olchek and Patrick Sharp are involved in trying to find the next GM, but ultimately the buck stops with the owner. And if that's still the kind of the mindset and, and the way things are run, I have to question, you know, how, how much this team is going to move forward under Danny. And, and I want to believe that he, not only knows the right things to do, but can actually execute those things. No, you're absolutely right. You guys are on it today. Because if you look at what Bettman uh, said repeatedly, Rocky has empowered uh, Danny and Jamie. He, Rocky has given the power to Danny and Jamie. Uh, they're, they're trying to impress that, you, you know, because it seems like there's division within the organization. And I think they're doing everything in their power to, to try to say this is, this is a unified front. Um, and you're absolutely right. The optics were that Rocky cut Danny off at the knees. So they, they have to present this image that, that Danny has some actual sway in the organization because that's not what they presented on stage. Oh, absolutely. Uh, kind of disgusting when it uh, plays out in front of our eyes there publicly. Phil Thompson of the Chicago Tribune, we do appreciate your time this morning. Anything you'd like to say after uh, before we let you go here about your conversation with Gary Bettman yesterday or anything, any follow-up uh, in regards to what yeah, I'd like to hear because I know you talked to a lot of season ticket holders and fans yeah. about where they're at, and, and they got contacted you through social media. You wrote a, story, a great piece on it. You know, Can you give us the pulse of Blackhawks fans at this point? Oh, yes. Uh, you know, I have saw a lot because I've been talking to them because I saw a lot of chatter about people saying, oh, yeah, I got Blackhawks t- uh, tickets to the Knights game for $6. You know, I've talked to some that said, you know, hey, look, you know, the prices have gone up from when I got these season tickets 10 years ago or a few years ago. And I'm not even getting half my face value. Uh, I think there's one of like they it has $90 face value and they're lucky to sell the the tickets for 10. Sometimes people just have to give them away. So, you know, we're not talking about a lot of rich millionaires here. A lot of people are paying money that they probably don't have with the idea that they can get back half their cost of their season ticket, um, you know, by selling them to friends and, and coworkers. But that's not happening. And that that's a huge pinch on their budget. So I, I think it's absolutely right to delve into this, this topic with the worst is. 
And we will obviously continue to do so. I know you will as well, Phil. Thanks so much for your time this morning. We do appreciate it. Great work. Uh, Keep it up. Uh, We will keep reading in the Chicago Tribune. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. That is, that is Phil Thompson of the Chicago Tribune. I'm Jeff Meller in for Pat Boyle today, along with Brian Hanley. This is the Hockey Show. A couple of calls want to weigh in on the situation. We will get to you as well. And I'd like to, if we could, ever so briefly, just lighten up a little bit because it is All-Star Weekend. It's been a very heavy show. I'd like an opportunity just to have a little bit of fun. It is the Hockey Show. Brian, if you don't mind, if we could uh, maybe have a couple minutes at the end of the show here where we could actually enjoy the sport that we do love. Sounds like a plan. We'll do that next. This hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Tickets for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic in Dublin, Ireland are on sale now. Head to nusports.com for details. You're listening to The Hockey Show. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The Hockey Show. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Pet Boyle's on vacation. I am Jeff Meller in for him today along with Brian Hanley, who you hear every week on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Brian, how about we uh, take a few calls from the fans here and get their reaction. Let's start out with Mark, who is in St. Charles, wants to talk about this. Mark, you're on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. What's up, my man? Mark? Oh, Mark, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, we could not get to him. He was not ready to go. Julio in Franklin Park, are you ready? Yes, I am. How's it going, guys? We're doing well, Julio. What's up? So two things, because uh, we left off at the commercial break saying good uh, good things, NHL All-Star Weekend. So Alex DeBrinkett, congratulations. Way to go for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, I think he's got 26, 25, 26 goals this year, something like that. Yeah, he's he's the offense. 26 goals for the Brincat. He's a, a legit superstar who, unfortunately, I think they would have to consider, consider trading if they could get a bunch of assets in return, but we'll see. Yeah, well, congrats to, to Alex. And, and the second thing that I wanted to mention was the conversation that you guys just had, by the way, which was incredible. I just want to say that I don't think the, the poll that you recently posted on Twitter about taking that GM position and seeing if it's uh, more appealing, I think it should be. We shouldn't shrink back or people in that position should not shrink back from that position or this organization. But if anything, after seeing that episode occur, be inspired to say, I want to create that type of change in that organization so that way those type of events don't occur anymore. I don't, I don't think it's uh, wise for a GM or somebody who's in that role to really look at it and say, ah, Chicago, maybe, maybe not. Let me go ahead and try the Rangers or somewhere else. I don't, I don't think that that's wise or, or even, uh, even constructive to what we're even talking about. Sure. So I thought it was an incredible conversation. Way to go, guys. All-Star Weekend. I'm excited. Uh, go Blackhawks. Thanks, Julio. We appreciate the call, my man, Julio. And you know what? Yes, you bring up some interesting points, Julio. Hopefully, that will lead to the Hawks getting the right candidate, just not for somebody picking players on the ice, but also somebody who wants to ensure that abhorrent behavior like that never occurs again. Truth be told, that, though, I think is going to be 
something that both Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner will help lead the way with going forward. And the question is now whether or not Rocky Wirtz can continue to really be a public part of this organization going forward after what occurred, or if he will just now slink to the background and allow Danny Wirtz his voice to be heard on matters like these and allow Jamie Faulkner to be the voice that show the true change that's being made inside the organization. Well, speaking of GM candidates, first you have Kyle Davidson, who's been an intern with the Hawks since 23 and has worked his way up to now interim general managers, only, I believe, 32, 33 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, Eric Tulski, the assistant GM for Carolina Hurricanes, interviewed as well. And they're being like the Bears, they're they're putting out there who they're interviewing and making uh, that known. Do you see the resume for Eric Tulski? Yes. Unbelievable. Harvard grad. Uh, B.A. in chemistry, uh, a, a doctorate in chemistry from Berkeley, holds 17 patents and does something with something called nanotechnology. How the hell is he in hockey? <laughs> yeah. And he's he, and with an organization, too, that is very analytically driven and in the Carolina Hurricanes that has been, you know, over the last few years, really at the top of the sport. So, um yeah, based on what he's got on paper, there is, I don't think, any way to argue with uh, what he Will brings. Will he wear a lab coat when he's, like, at the draft? I, that That is remarkable. I mean, and that shows you how, no matter what you study, and apparently you can be a genius in, in chemistry and still want to follow a passion of hockey and be a GM. That's unbelievable. Uh, Julio there did mention uh, Debrinkat, and uh, that leads us to have an opportunity here in the final moments of the show to discuss a little bit about uh, this weekend, not just what's going to occur this afternoon in the All-Star event, but the skills competition last night, Hanley, was, I thought, you know, very entertaining. I will give it to the NHL. I think they have done a really nice job watching this event evolve, and I do think in regards to the other sports, it is actually my favorite to consume and that is the NHL skills competition. We had the fastest skater, the hardest shot. You mentioned earlier the uh, accuracy in regards to playing a, a game where the players were tasked with trying to hit cards to essentially create a blackjack score. And I thought that was very entertaining yeah, they as shut well. Down, they shut down the uh, Las Vegas Strip for a time on the southbound lanes. And, and they were shooting pucks at these uh, cards, you know, try to get an ace and a jack or 21 combination. And Alistair Brinkett. Uh, did his best Allen from the hangover yes, he uh, was, routine. He was dressed as, you're right, dressed as Allen with a, a prop baby Carlos strapped around him as he was, uh, he received a football pass, a, a pass from Derek Carr. And with pre- Mike Tyson standing nearby. And proceeded to score a football into the net, which, by the way, as as I'm describing it, sounds thoroughly entertaining. Wasn't even in the top three in regards to what we saw for the uh, breakaway competition because... Uh, the winner of the event was Jack Hughes, who did a magic trick, pulling out a mini Jack Hughes, a, a, a kid to score a goal. And then he didn't win, but uh, Trevor Zegas, my goodness, that what he did dressed as the in the dodgeball apparel, having mascots throw dodgeballs at him while blindfolded, and then scoring an absurd goal that showed why these guys are the top athletes at their sport i mean absolutely incredible i was thoroughly entertained by what i saw last night so that is in one case where i will give the nhl a thumbs up yeah a a tap of the stick to uh chief content officer of the nhl steve mayer and i think we have the debrinket uh sound in the scoring that went along with that right we do but unfortunately i don't want to infringe brian oh no on on 
on the time of the brand new Peggy Kaczynski and Dion Miller show, which is about to start. But you know what I'll do? I'll ask Tyler Aki to go ahead and tag that to the end of the podcast. That way, our listeners who are going to be going ahead and checking this out later will have an opportunity here. We'll do that. We'll tag it at the end of the podcast. But that's going to do it for us as we're out of time. But, Brian, I want to say thank you for allowing me to fill in Jeff, for PB this week. To, to work with you, and thanks for uh, stopping by this morning helping out. It was my pleasure. Brian will be back tomorrow with Xander, but he'll also be back next week with the hockey show. Pat Boyle will be back from vacay. Stick around, though. Up next, it's Dion Miller and Peggy Kaczynski right here on ESPN 1000 in two short minutes.